Hello and welcome to the Quantum Magic Podcast, episode one, sponsored by Card Monster Games. I am your ho- co-host, Ryan Greeby, and I am joined by my awesome co-host, Matt Mansour. Matt, how's it going? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Today, we are going to be talking about all things Knox Vegas, as they say, the Knoxville SEG event uh, coming up. And today, we're actually shooting this while uh, the SEG Open is going on in Columbus. Uh, so we're on the brink of the event, and we're going to be talking about all things Knoxville, where to eat, where to where to play uh, on Friday night, where to get some good drinks in, and uh, uh, there's some good stuff there. So let's let's jump into it and. It's interesting that uh, we're starting with this because most podcasts do start with quite an intro- introductory episode of who we are and what we're about. And we'll get into that a uh, little teaser for, for the next couple episodes. But to start, I think it's good to note that we both have history here in Knoxville. Uh, my boy Matt, uh, back in the day, played in a, a team sealed event, right? It was, was it in, what, what was it at the time? Was it a, an open yeah, it or? Was- no, it, it used to be just standalone 5Ks. They, they hosted that one in Knoxville. Uh, it was a team sealed 5K. And uh, me and a, a couple of local guys, Ellison Berryhill and Jared Jones, took that one down. Actually, it might have been Danny Lee and not Jared Jones. But either way, we'll shout both of them out. So. Shout out, yeah. Uh, shout out Squeakers, too, by the way. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, Squeakers hanging out back there. But yeah, Ryan Greeby's also had some success over here at these Knoxville events held by SCG. I know that uh, I think you top it or... Or uh, top forward one of these events. Yeah, the, uh, the the first event I played in, um, kind of actually at like a large scale, uh, which was funny because it's still local, right? But it's a it was a large scale event um, that wasn't just like a IQ or something. It was a classic here in Knoxville, uh, 2012, I think, and I came 12th. I had no expectations whatsoever at the time. I was still pretty new to to tournament magic. Um, I had had some time uh been quite a bit since i started playing magic um, but that was my first actual event and i made 12 i came top 16 at that classic and that was pretty cool and the year after uh i think i made top four with with red green aggro uh that was rtr uh dami Ra, uh dami raid uh burning Tramissary, all the good stuff there i love that deck um and uh maybe arguably one of our first good three-drop Planeswalkers outside of Liliana, but that's neither here nor there, in my opinion, one of my favorites. Uh, so, yeah, we've we've done well um, at Knoxville, and, and hopefully this event uh, some Knoxville players uh, represent. Um, that would be pretty cool to see. Uh, but it would the- be, but the game has changed a little bit since we used to grind out some of these events. And it, looking at the last Open that was in Knoxville, talk about a grind fest. That top eight was stacked. Yeah. Uh, Emma Handy, Brad Nelson taking down the event. Um, uh, lots of names in the in the top sixteen for sure that um, we consider pros or mainstays on the SCG tour even to this day or in the past. Um, Knoxville has had its moments. Uh, not a city not many people think of when they go to to Magic events, um, but kind of the bridge I'd say between south magic events and some you know i'd say kentucky kind of does that too in louisville and whatnot but the bridge between the northern uh east coast kind of events too uh for those that are coming in from out of town on friday so like i said we are sponsored by car monster games and and i'm really excited for our second episode uh to get into more about who we are and what we've done um, in our careers uh we both have um, quite a bit of experience in the um, magic scene and this podcast, what it means to us and, and all that, we'll, we'll talk about that. But for those coming in out of town and you're kind of looking for things to do in Knoxville and maybe you haven't played in a Knoxville event before, 
on Friday, we actually have at our CM Games uh, Westtown Mall location uh, an event with uh, that's co-brought co to you by the BCW uh, guys. Um, tell us a little bit about that, Matt. Yeah, so it's called the BCW Challenge, and they'll actually be bringing in some of the best players on the SEG Tour, uh, all part of Team BCW. Some of them either top eighted or top 16, the event that's going on right now, I think. Um, I guys like that. Ely. Yeah, like guys Columbus, like Ely Cassis. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, and I think I saw Corey Baumeister playing his top four match as we cut away to start this podcast. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, these guys are going to be here in Knoxville playing at the CM Games Westtown Mall location. And you'll be able to come up and challenge them with any of your decks. And if you defeat them soundly, hopefully, you'll win a T-shirt or a deck box or some BCW uh, swag, I guess. <laughs> um, they have all kinds of stuff that they give away for these things. And they've been cool enough to come and do that with us in the past. And I'm excited for them to come back and do it again. Yeah, but not only that, that's that's also an FNM event. FNM event. And it's, it's I guess, three FNMs, uh, right? We got Commander... Uh, modern pioneer, sometimes standard fires. Uh, we could talk about that in future episodes, but uh, those are the three big hitters. We we usually, on average, I say, get sixty to seventy players, sometimes more. Uh, so it'd be cool to see uh, a lot of unfamiliar faces, perhaps, um, come in, and, and hopefully our local players can represent there, and then also in the uh, the SCG main event um, or classics. I think I'm really excited for this weekend. Like we said, it's been three years uh, for a large-scale event like this to, to come to town, and uh, that's on Friday, like we said. Also on Friday, let's say you're coming into town or you're, uh, you know, unfamiliar with Knoxville, and you're into some some good old hockey like, hockey like me with uh, with my Preds represent here, um, but you just want to go and have a good time, not worry about magic for the night before the big event. Well, the Ice Bears, the Knoxville Ice Bears, uh, are having a game against the Huntsville, Huntsville Havoc, and I actually remember that back in the day. Um, uh, at the time, our team was called the, the Knoxville Cherokees. Don't want to go on too much of a tangent here, but that, those were our biggest rivals. So I am guaranteeing, I will literally guarantee a fight, uh, cheap beer, good times, uh, and they're having a Jurassic Park night uh, for those interested. So usually those events are pretty cool. Um, they do some some fun stuff there. Uh, so that's something cool to check out as well. And uh, yeah, th that's all on Friday. Uh, let's say in the event... It doesn't go your way, uh, and coming into Saturday, a few rounds in, doesn't go that great. Well, there's actually a Chocolate Fest uh, hosted here in Knoxville. You can go to chocolatefestknoxville.com. I didn't know about this. Matt, you you actually brought that up to my attention. It's pretty fucking pretty sweet. Uh, we got some VIP yeah. tasting tests. We got some general admission. Uh, just anybody can come in and, and have a good time looking at some chocolate. So that's, that's going to be at the World's Fair Expo Hall, which is across the way from the Knoxville Convention Center, which is where the SEG yeah. Tour is, is at. So for those coming into town and needing a place to park, um, what are we looking at? What's, what's the best option that we can recommend to everybody to park? Well... So there is the World's Fair Park Exhibition Hall, right? That has its own parking garage. That's across the street. That is actually where the Chocolate Fest you're talking about is going to happen. Sure. Uh, I guess a little tangentially, it is super cheap. It's like five bucks and dollar samples. And if you love chocolate, then why would you not walk over there? That's from nine to five on Saturday. So you'll want to check that out. But if you're coming into Knoxville and, you know, I travel to a lot of events, usually as a vendor, not usually as a player. But for me, the biggest pain point is usually finding parking 
close by to the convention hall. 100% and, and expensive. Yeah. Yeah, usually very expensive usually to park expensive. by the hall. Um, now, the bad thing with the Knoxville Convention Center is there is not a parking garage connected physically to the convention center, which does happen on occasion at some of the larger event halls. But luckily, Knoxville also has conven- uh, convention parking attached by Skywalk. And those convention parking lots are actually free at the weekend. So that's amazing free. for this event. Completely free. Yeah. And so it, when you're coming into town, you're going to want to Google for the Locust Street parking garage. And that is going to give you the best parking spots. It is literally a five-minute walk from that parking garage through Skywalk to the convention hall, even if it's raining, which I don't think it's slated to rain. But even if it was raining, you'd be covered, and you'll make it to the hall in no time. Yeah, that's actually where I've parked in the past. Um, Not as familiar with downtown Knoxville as much, even though I've lived here my whole life. Uh, It's kind of sad. But downtown Knoxville is really cool in that most of the parking is free. I'd say that that's, that's probably the best option. It's close by, it's connected by uh, the Skywalk to the convention center. And uh, relatively speaking, it's really quick to get to. And that's also centrally located to food places and, and bars downtown. Uh, and so, uh, Matt, you have a little bit more experience with, with, that, with the good old Knoxville downtown life. So tell, tell me a little bit about your, your favorite places. Yeah, absolutely. So, I pretty much grew up downtown. Uh, I lived downtown pretty much my whole life. But I love food and I love some alcohol. So there is a ton of places if you're into any of that. If that's on Friday night or Saturday after you, you know, scrub out or you end up spiking it and you're in day two and you just want to go out and drink like our friend Mario, then you can definitely <laughs> do that. Um, so there are a ton of places and I'll touch base on a few as far as great places to go and eat, um, my personal favorite is in Market Square, which from the Locust Street Garage is maybe a two or three minute if walk. That, yeah, yeah, and it's Market Square is this cool little area, lots of little restaurants, big restaurants, bars, great place to eat. But Stock and Barrel, if you can get a seat in that place, is super reasonably priced and has some of the best food I've eaten anywhere. I've traveled all over the place, and I still come back to Stock and Barrel and love that place more than just about anywhere else. Hell yeah. Um, they have, yeah, they have great drinks and great food. But if you're not into burgers that night, there's also Sweet Pea, great barbecue place, um, which is just a little bit further walk. Or if you're looking for some tacos, Babaloo's is a uh, tapas I like, bar. I like soccer taco too. Soccer taco is pretty good. Soccer taco, uh, a yeah. little bit of a drive. But if you're looking for senior taco, uh, yeah, there's there's lots of there's great options, places. Yeah, yeah, there's lots of lots of options to go eat. Um, if you're just looking for a place to go out and drink, um, which, you know, Greeby here loves a drink because after one, maybe two, he's done. But there's a <laughs> there's a lot of great places to get some drinks. Um, th- fun fact, there are 15 different breweries within two miles of where you'll be parking in, in downtown Knoxville. So if you scrub out early on Saturday, day drinking it is. You, <laughs> you can do it all day. Hit some chocolate, get some drinks. We got it all. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's just so much to do in downtown Knoxville. It's a great weekend. So yeah, definitely come and check it out. Uh, I would suggest Prez Pub or Scruffy City. They're both also Market Square. Uh, they have you know uh, rooftop seating. They have you know cheap drinks and everything that you love is right there. So once yeah. you once you've you know kind of wet your palate. Head on out, try out some of those breweries that are all within walking distance. Speaking of wetting your palate, 
Uh, let's talk about Cruise Farm ice cream. New onto the oh scene. Oh, my gosh. Pretty yes. damn good. Pretty good. So if yes. you, you just want some ice cream, I don't think it'll be that chilly. I, I don't think. Uh, it's been pretty warm weather here relatively for, for winter. Uh, shout out uh, climate change. Um, but, yeah, so Cruise Farm ice cream, definitely recommend. Speaking of yeah, the— Yeah, I mean, that said, oh, go ahead. it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside. It doesn't matter if it's 110 or if it's 15 outside. Cruise Farms is always packed, and that's why that place— Lines out can, the door. You know that place yeah. is amazing. Yeah, Even so like that's also isn't it open really late too? And like the lines are still, it's still kicking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty good. Like till eleven at night, I think. So yeah, lots of cool options. I, I you know, I should probably myself check out downtown a little bit more. Maybe for that event, I'll, I'll go go out a little bit, and that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, so so getting back to the the Knoxville Convention Center, um, you know, we are sponsored by Card Monster Games. And in fact, uh, we will actually be at the event as Card Monster Games uh, vending. So if you're needing cards, if you're needing to trade some cards, get some cash, uh, uh, do a little bit of shopping with us, uh, we would love it. And uh, I'd say that we do, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw it out there. I think we got the best prices uh, for any of the options at the events. And uh, all of our staff is really friendly. Um, and we have that, but also... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, pretty cool. We have a deal with the Knoxville Convention Center. So if you come here and you like your experience and uh, you're not familiar with Knoxville in general, but you're relatively close to the area, um, Matt, we have some some regional events and some PTQs or PPTQs. What are we, yeah, I don't know. What, I don't know what YC does these days, but uh, yeah, tell us about tell us about those events. Yeah, so you're definitely right. We are going to be there at the event. Uh, vending this weekend, um, which if you do need any cards leading up to the event, let us know even the night before and we'll do the best we can to make sure that we have it. We'll definitely be able to get anything two days out. So just let us know and we'll make sure that we have it there at the event for you. Um, now, as far as our uh, partnership with SCG, we don't just vend their events. We also host a bunch of events with them. Um, one of them is the SCG Regionals, which is coming up on March 7th. We'll be hosting that at the Knoxville Convention Center. So all the information you just heard is super pertinent for that as well. Um, that event is modern. It is March 7th at the Knoxville Convention Center. You will not want to miss that one. $5,000 in cash prizes, your chance to qualify for the Invitational, which then means your chance to qualify for the Players Tour. So super, super sweet event that you can definitely show up for if you like the way this one went or didn't get the chance to come out for this event. Now, that said, if you can't come out on March 7th, or modern isn't exactly your jam. We do have a pioneer event coming up on March 27th. Love pioneer. That event, yes. Now, who doesn't love pioneer? That has been exploding in popularity, by the way. But this pioneer event is not just any old event. It is a pioneer players tour qualifier or PTQ, if you will. Yes, that will be held at the. <laughs> yes, also being held at the Knoxville Convention. And we will be giving out $5,000 in cash prizes for that event. So you will not want to miss out. That tournament is March 27th. Okay. All of that information can be found either on YouTube in the, the description or, uh, you know, I don't even know if we touch based where this is going to be. I'm actually not even quite sure. Hopefully we got some Spotify action 
got some iTunes action, Google Play. If you're if you're a big podcaster out there and you love some podcast content, if you could give suggestions where you would like this podcast to be featured, we can definitely work that out. And in those show notes, we'll we'll give information to a lot of the stuff that we discuss here. Yeah, with that said, that's a lot of information, um, but I'm regardless, I'm excited for the event. Uh, we don't get one of these very often. And now, talking about the magic side of things, uh, I don't know. I, I th- I'm playing in the event, and I had an idea uh, a couple weeks ago what I wanted to play. And I had an idea about a week ago what I wanted to play. And then now we have, as we speak, the top four, I believe, of SCG Columbus, top eight, one of those. And it's shaking things up again. I'm not quite sure where to go. I think at the end of the day, man, I, I want, because I do feel that his time is short in modern, I would like to be playing Oko myself. Uh, and I said that like a month ago. I said that before that I think given the marquee event here in Knoxville, I would like to be playing Oko at the event. But that's changed because and this, this format is... Uh, once what I thought to be fairly intact and established, it seems like even within days, like modern of past, there's new decks that keep cropping up. Today we saw, uh, you know, some some Sultai Titan action, some some uh, Field of the Dead action going on with Primeval Tit- Titan making a comeback, Amulet decks, uh, lots of creativity there. Obviously Urza is omnipresent. So at the end of the day, for myself, um, just kind of like a little bit of a rambling, some people are curious. Uh, I think I'm leaning towards Mono Red Prowess, um, as they call it. That's interesting. Yeah, and because I think it attacks the format in a way that I like to attack the format. Um, but that's just a little bit of where I'm at. I now, when we get into our predictions later, I don't know if I actually think that that's the deck to take down the entire event. But and I like to to play what I think to be the best deck in the format. I don't know. I've, I've had a lot of turbulence there in terms of I don't know what to do because it seems like we're getting some more information each day. This event, I thought that Bant Snowblade was on the downturn, and I was leaning towards that a, a few weeks ago. Uh, Oko deck, uh, Control, not actually my style, but something that I think tests me as a player and something I enjoy to play. Uh, I thought it had a reasonable matchup against Urza, and at the time, Grixis Shadow was pretty prevalent. I thought those decks, I don't know, I thought that the the format was shaping up in a way that Bant Snowblade wouldn't have a great way to attack the format, but as we know now with SCG Columbus, now granted, team event, but uh, you said, I want to say, uh, you mentioned earlier before the show, that Eldrazi Tron was one of the most played decks, as well as... Grixis slash four color death shadow is, is that okay? Yeah, well now, what we were talking about earlier is the the metagame breakdown that empty the shadow, you know. So that does break down all the five O lists, breaks down the challenge lists. This event going on in Columbus this weekend does not reflect that list very much. Um, I will say a lot of the uh, Twitter universe was talking about decks for this event and leading up to this event and a lot of people were super down on Eldrazi Tron. Yeah. Um, I think that the overwhelming consensus was that while it might have a good or great uh, Urza matchup, it is poorly positioned elsewhere. Uh, whether or not that's true or not, who knows? It's the, uh, you know, that's the ramblings of the <laughs> Twitterverse, as you will. But yeah, uh, I, I do think the deck is fairly well positioned i mean it just plays a couple cards that are just great against 
Urza and against, you know, just an artifact decks in general between Chalice of the Void and Karn. So Karn, Karn the Great Creator, just doing an absurd job of turning off most of what that deck is trying to do. But uh, I think at the end of the day, the linchpin of the format is kind of just Oka finding its way into a bunch of different decks. And if you look at the metagame breakdown, you actually see that the most played deck is, according to Magic Online data and MTG Fish, is uh, actually the Simic slash Sultai Urza decks. And that is overwhelmingly the case at this event. Uh, there is just yeah. a ton of Urza everywhere and a lot of triple Urza compositions as far as what these teams showed up with. Yeah, for our local players, that's gonna that might be an eye-opener uh, because from what I've gathered and for the events that I've played in locally here in the last month or two, um, there's not as much Urza players that we have uh, for whatever reason. Uh, but the deck has a lot of sequencing, but at the same time, which so that's like reminiscent of like a kind of a lantern eggs combo deck. It has some of that, but I think it's moved a little bit more into like just a good, uh, good stuff slash control deck. I mean, you have Crypto Command shenanigans, uh, but on curve with Oko or uh, accelerated with with artifacts, um, and then Urza as the linchpin to just bring it all together, I think the deck looks very strong. And I personally am not super well-versed in playing with or against it. Um, and I think the deck is a very good choice. Um, I, I wonder if these Titan decks are, are are going to be cropping up at Knoxville as well. Although before we get to that, are you are you playing in the event? Do you, do you have? No, so I'm actually not playing. Um, I will oh. be behind the, yeah, I'll be behind the Card Monster Games booth. So I'll be. Okay. Perusing so, the action from that for, side. for people, I guess, to come say hi. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, now, if, as, if you as did far play, as what you were saying? Oh yeah, if, oh, if, I, yeah. if, if, if right I was now, going if to you play, were to play, what do you think you you would be on? So I don't know if you've looked at these Simic or Zalist from I guess the last month or so, month or two, um, but they have just gone down straight value routes. There, there is no longer a, a big combo finish. Um, they are Cryptic Command decks that get to play Oko and Gilded Goose and Urza and is, are just a pile of value, essentially. Sure, um, yeah. I also saw some super sweet lists that uh, the I think the BCW guys were actually playing this weekend. Uh, they were playing Red in their Simic Urza list for Experimental Frenzy, um, okay. which sounds crazy, but on camera, Ross put six or seven permanents into play off the top of his deck and uh, kind of steamrolled his mid-range opponent in that game. Uh, so, and then, you know, the, the whole thing with the Urza decks is you get to play Oko, and you might be the best Oko deck in the format because you're putting it into play on turn two more than anybody else. Um, you're playing Gilded Goose, you're playing Moxes, um, just, you know, an insane amount of value. You get to play Emery, which that card is just another under-costed, overpowered, like, just kind of egregious card when you put it into that Urza shell. So I think I'd definitely be on the, the Simic Urza deck. Um, I don't even know that I'd, I'd play Black. Maybe I'd play the Red Splash because that does seem pretty spicy. Uh, just as an aside, they were playing Blood Moon in their sideboard. So Jeez. if you're just looking for more free wins, uh, turn one Gilded Goose into Blood Moon or uh, Oko will Oka, do that. yeah. Uh, yeah. That's Which is... Yeah, that's that's kind of where some of my reservations for the uh, mono red deck you're talking about come from. 
they can also just turn two Oko you and kind of make you look silly. So they make my guy a three three. I guess he doesn't get prowess anymore. <laughs> look, I well, oh, yeah. I, oh, I wanted so, to touch on this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, I mean, it's just kind of crazy because you'd think that the play pattern would be that you resolve Oko and then you know they make a food or whatever, and then you're like you attack it some, and then they turn your things into three threes, and you still have three threes. Well, at the end of the day, what ends up happening is they start making food, and they start making three threes, and then you're forced to like deal yeah. damage to the three threes, and then you're not dealing enough damage to the Okos, then you're not getting damage across, and then if you're not killing the food, then they're just making tokens that gain three life at a time while also just playing four mana Urzas that also make six sixes, seven seven. Yeah, so, we, we, uh, you you can yeah <laughs> we get it. The deck is yeah. good. Uh, the yeah, deck is that, very good. It makes me on the flexible. fence. But I wanted yeah. to. Uh, so something I saw this weekend too at Columbus. Now I don't know if the team event had a part in this, but a lot of people were going to time, and I don't know if that's a factor of that deck even being as value oriented as it as it is the the Oko Urza deck. Is there still a lot of sequencing and a lot of thought needed to go into each individual turn such that like going to time is a is a valid consideration like if, if that's your deck choice because the reason why I like the mono red just before I let you chime in is like I like the mono red because it is quick and I think it attacks on a different level and historically speaking and this this deck might just be too good with Oko but historically speaking when other decks are concerned with dirtling around a little bit that's where a deck like mono red could shine so that's that's where i had my thoughts on but i, I don't know if the oko deck is is just too too good i don't i don't know yeah so i mean i see why you want to play the red deck you want to get your bit of time to head on over and try something to you know, i understand yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe sneak out and get some of that good food market square but yeah um, i i do think that these simic decks are actually positioned pretty well against the red decks idolon of the great revel notwithstanding that card is a beat down on on a deck that wants to play a sandy bunch dog and tripping yeah sandy oh yeah, dog yeah. actually mm-hmm. top four a uh i think a, a mox event on modo and unlike other mono red decks that i had seen and this caught my eye he was playing four idolon in the main and I think he, was, he may have been onto something. Now, he didn't win that event once he did get to top four. So I believe, I think a Simic Ursa deck took down the event. So, yeah, the evidence is, is mounting. Is there a deck that you think, a Titan deck, Death Shadow, Eldrazi Tron, question mark, that might crop up in lieu of just this deck being so good for this event? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that Eldrazi Tron kind of occupies the number metagame is predicated on the fact that Simic Urza is the number one spot, right? So you have a bunch of cards that interact pretty favorably with Simic Urza's game plan between Chalice of the Void on zero and one being quite good against a lot of the cards in their deck. And then also Karn the Great Creator just turning off half of everything that they're trying to do. That is not to say you just beat them. Yeah, that is not to say that Karn beats them once it's in play because again, Urza just comes down and makes an 8-8 and then attacks. So that is something to keep in mind. But the, the fact that uh, Eldrazi Tron gets to follow it up with a fairly fast clock is a big deal. So that, that does help. The cropping up of these Bant Snow Control decks, I think, is also interesting. And some of that comes from Oko existing in the first place and giving a reason for control decks to play Mana Dorks into Stoneforge Mystic and Oko, but then also having 
counterspell backup for that clog. And I think at the end of the day, Simic Urza, or these Simic Urza decks do have few cards that apply pressure to you, but they are, I, I would say, air dense. They, they, they don't have a lot of threats. They have a lot of things like Moxes and Astrolabes. So a lot of their their business cards you can interact with Cryptic Command and you know even Force Negation or Teferi bouncing a an Urza token and the Path to Exile answering the Urza can really break up what they're doing if you know you don't draw the wrong half of your deck. So um, now those three decks do op- occupy the top three spot, but lurking just beneath that, and you know you you have to keep this in mind when you're talking about red deck as a deck choice is Grixis Death Shadow and Four Color Death Shadow. And, you know, of these top four decks, I would say you're, you know, a dog slightly to most of them. <laughs> like even I if like you my chances uh, yeah, as yeah, a player. Sure. But, yeah, I've, I've played that matchup a lot to know the intricacies of when we're on the beatdown and what the give and take that we give to our opponent when they choose to play a thought seize. The pace at which you have to play is a lot different than other matchups, obviously, where... You actually want to lay back and let them spend their life early on to not let them pump out a Death Shadow and one-shot or two-shot you really early on. I, I, I get that. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've gone back and forth. I was definitely on the, the Bant Snowblade for a while. Now, when you say Bant Snowblade, you can go Stoneforge or you can go Control. And I had dabbled a little bit in Control, but I hadn't checked out much of the Stoneforge Mystic package. Of those two... Uh, what do you think has a better chance against the these Urza decks? Yeah, I think you have to have a card like Stone deck. Stone Forge uh, Mystic? Yeah. Right. They are no longer trying to put together some kind of combo to combo you out. So cards like Collector Oof or Stony Silence don't necessarily beat them. Again, like just like Karn, you, you do have to have cards that put a pretty quick clock on them and close out the game quickly. Or they'll just piece together cryptic commands and you know a couple tokens and beat you down with Oko and and constructs. So I saw, I saw a, Mystic is an important piece of that puzzle. Sure. Okay. Along that same thought, I saw a a band deck that was Stoneforge based and also included Karn. And I don't know if that's if that person was onto something. It was just a random musing that I saw on Twitter. Uh, those decklets pop up all the time, and I don't know if that's a route to kind of you know position yourself better against that matchup. I I'm all over the place. I'm I'm gonna say uh, because at one point I was leaning towards Eldrazi. Basically, all of the top decks I think are solid options. But at the end of the day, I do think that the Urza decks do stand tall above because at at some point, just playing a turn two, turn three Oko into Urza, and then you have counter magic value backup, and you just let those cards do their thing, that's going to be better than playing a crash through to maybe get some damage, and I, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And and, and the uh, Urza decks can definitely beat a Chalice of the One, whereas the you know red deck might have some problems beating that in game ones. Sure. Um, now, tangentially, you talking about that deck that you saw with Stoneforge Mystic and Karn, I saw Jerry T recently uh, posted a deck list that was an Urza deck that was also playing Karn in the main deck. So, and, and that might be, you know, another route to take to position yourself as an Urza deck that beats up on other, other Urza decks. 
Uh, that said, uh, no. Oh, you, you cut uh, out? We, Sorry. Yeah, I mean, coming even further out of left field, the Magic Online Challenge that happened just yesterday, uh, they posted the deck list this morning. Uh, Five-color Bring the Light, a Niv-Mizzet deck, actually won that event, 7 0 So, yeah, I mean, I don't think the format is necessarily solved. Solves. I think we definitely know yeah. what the best deck in the format is, but I don't know that we are necessarily doing everything we can to beat the Urza decks. And I think if you had showed up this weekend with a deck that is predicated on literally just beating the Urza decks, your team probably would have done well. I saw a lot of triple Urza and double Urza team compositions this weekend. I did too. I mean, um, and I think, yeah, on that same note, Caleb Shearer's team showed up playing <laughs> Gift two Storm. Gift Storm decks. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they had some interesting innovations there. I think there was Astrolabe in their, uh, really? their Storm deck. Yeah. And they were using that to filter. I, I'm fairly sure uh, Caleb Shearer was also playing that same list as Paul Muller. Uh, they were using it to filter their red rituals into blue mid combo so that they don't get bottlenecked in the mid game so that they don't have to have that metamorphose. And it also does cantrip, which, which does help. So um, that was, that was pretty interesting. And Gift storm does something fights on an axis that Urza isn't super well equipped to fight on, which is, you know, a, a cryptic command is one of your worst tools at trying to beat the storm deck. It is just super slow. Yeah. Doesn't, you know, actually stop, them from going off i want to say that todd anderson and cedric were commentating when i joined in and they mentioned that remand might be better than it's ever been in years as a card to interact because a lot of the threats in modern right now are so mana intensive i mean we're talking about uh four drops in the way of urza oko we're talking about primeval titan and i wonder if i mean are we talking about modern as like uh, it feels as fast as it is if in in the Eldrazi decks having Reality Smasher Thought Knots here, it's just the format there's it seems like the games are going a lot longer. And that's why I, I touched on the going to time thing a little bit more. It's something that I struggle with sometimes. So I want to be on a deck that is more proactive based at the end of the day. I, I feel like I'm still undecided and you've swayed me a little bit on on mono red. Uh, but to kind of bring it back, I wonder if, you know, you just come out of left field a little bit with something like Remand, the strategy storm that's been around forever, kind of just a, a lost uh, a lost cause. And now you have a card like Remand that can interact with all these things that are mana intensive that you are playing at sorcery speed. And I wonder if that strategy, um, coming back to kind of a combo finish, could take it all down where Oko isn't at its best, I'd say. If I think about it, I don't think Oko is necessarily super strong against a deck like Storm, um, especially if they're interacting with you early and then they kind of just go off and ignore the fact that you just tapped out on turn three. Uh, surely there's something there, and I wonder if the format is still unsolved as much as we say, I, you know, I question... Like, can a deck like Elves come out of nowhere? I, I, that's my personal favorite, and uh, I'm going to be super biased, but the line of thinking of, is the format, despite uh, despite Urza and Oko being so omnipresent, is there still room for innovation um, from out-of-left-field decks? And I, we just to really quick, on that note, we saw that kind of this week with, with Amulet decks that we traditionally consider Amulet Titan decks, dropping amulet and just being value decks also adopting uh oko and whatnot but 
having a game plan with Field of the Dead. It leaves me to wonder if there's, especially with a focus on Pioneer lately, a lot of players being focused on that format, if there's just a lot of uh, innovation being left to the wayside that could potentially sweep an event. Uh, do you have a yeah, thought to yeah. that? Yeah, I think that the uh, the Gifts Storm deck actually does take a pretty good angle of attack. Um, it is not super cold to a Chalice of the Void. Uh, there's not a lot of graveyard hate hanging out right now. And people aren't super excited to try and fight on the stack when Urza decks are resolving their threats on turn two you know, with a lot of mana acceleration. And they're coming out of the gate super fast. Um, trying to interact on the stack against decks like Grixis Death Shadow, also super, super difficult when all their threats are one and two mana. Same goes for the four-color Death Shadow decks. So um, when there's uh, very few counter spells in the format, there's very little graveyard hate. Um, I will say there's quite a bit of cr creature removal, but yeah. you're probably a faster goldfish than almost all these decks put together outside of possibly the Urza deck when it has the combo finish. But like we talked about earlier... Almost none of them are playing combo anymore. Um, I do think it's interesting that these uh, Sultai lands decks or Sultai Titan decks, yeah. decks or however, however you want to call them, these Castle Garenbrig, Primeval Titan decks that try to sweep up the game with Field of the Dead and Westvale Abbey, which seems to be the other way they close out the game once they establish a, a board of zombies. It, it does seem odd that that deck is considered a good choice in this metagame when you have i mean it, it definitely bricks the the eldrazi deck no doubt yeah it, it makes the eldrazi deck look pretty silly and i think it probably has a fine matchup against the snow decks as long as dodge some of those those path to exiles at key points or set up a long enough game where field of the dead takes over yeah but it seems to me that it wouldn't have a very good urza matchup i, I don't have a lot of experience playing either side of that matchup i don't have a a lot of experience of the the really the primeval titan, titan decks in general and i know you've played some of them i know valakit was well yeah. positioned against control wasn't well, um, like the but, old adage of you know the urza deck at its heart is now i'd say more than ever a mid-range deck it's basically good stuff value i agree with your point earlier and i'd say that if a deck like this exists and you're wondering how it's performing, maybe at the end, the end of the day, it's just magic at its core. That's a deck that goes over the top. And we, we've wondered for so long, is the Urza Oko engine? It's just so value-driven that early on, late game, it can grind with anybody. But what if going over the top and having an instant kill, so to speak, out of something like Field of the Dead or Westvale Abbey or what have you is just a pretty good option? I, I don't know. Um, that's definitely something to think about. I I wonder if we think about modern right now as like a three or four deck format a lot, I feel. And I think that there's still a lot of um, a lot of availability for other decks to crop up. And but that said, uh, modern is that format, you know, especially at a Knoxville Open, you could see any deck, even something with Court of Calling and Vizier of Remedies, although Oko creates problems for those decks and that's at the end of the day while modern has always been a format where you can play what you want i do think that it all comes down to these decks just doing things that are mostly better than some of that uh, but i do think there's options available if you kind of want to uh 
stray from the course, as they, as they say. I don't know. Yeah, but, you, but, I mean, I at, think... but at the end of the day, you'd say you'd still play, you'd still play an Urza deck if you had if you had yeah. to play any event. I, I think if I had a choice, I, I would probably be on some version uh, of an Urza deck. It, it does just have, I would say, an advantage in pretty much every matchup, just by virtue of having more powerful cards and what everybody else is trying to play. Um, I think a deck like Grix's Death Shadow or uh, Jun Shadow, four color shadow lists even are positioned pretty well against the rest of what everyone else is doing, potentially even against the Urza deck, as long as not getting just run into the ground by an Oko early. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think the format's kind of open. Maybe Gift Storm is the answer to all of these, these uh, rampants, blue Urza decks, but I think at the end of the day, that deck is pretty easy to beat once you're dedicated to trying to beat it. So, Okay. Let's get into some more... Uh opinion based what do we predictions for the event would we both agree or i guess i'll hear you out what do you think the most played deck at the event will be when it comes down to it well if we're looking at the decks that we had on stream this weekend now i will everyone that they had on camera was pretty much somebody that was a featured scg grinder but the overwhelming choice for the scg grinder some version of there's a deck whether it be simic sultai or teamer there was a ton of it and like i said earlier triple double comps um, so if i had to guess it would be an urza deck uh, and notwithstanding anybody having the expectation of oko getting banned and urza getting banned anytime soon and just selling off the, the deck while it's still worth something but yeah i mean I, I think it should be the most played deck because it you know does i think have the best across the board matchups with what everyone else is trying to do yeah i'd agree i think i think oko and urza is just a really good com uh, combination of cards and maybe i can convince somebody to let me loan those cards given uh mono red seems like it's out of the window i don't want to write off the deck uh but i think if i had to pick the most played deck i'd agree i'd, I'd say some variant of urza um is going to take take down the event Question mark. What do you what do you think is going to take down the event? Do you think at the end, end of the day that if we both agree that we think that it's going to be the most played deck, do we also then think that it will SCG Columbus right now, notwithstanding? Uh, I don't have any information on that. I don't know if you have that on the background. I don't know necessarily what's doing the best, um, all things said and done. Do you think Urza will take down uh, Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, looking at the people that are playing the deck, I think the best players in the room are probably going to show up playing some version, version of Urza. So the best players with the best deck, it wouldn't be. Uh, I did see some people playing some off-the-wall stuff. We saw Gift Storm. We saw, yeah, speaking of cool off-the-wall decks, the uh, other uh, iconic magic figure that showed up in Modern Horizons, the uh, Yawgmoth deck, uh, I think it did win its match on camera in the hands of Frank Scarin. But there, there are a lot of different strategies that, that play really well. Uh, but at, at the end of the day, I think the Simicers and decks are just super resilient to any kind of hate. And if you want to beat somebody who's just bringing in a bunch of collector oafs and meddling mages, sometimes you just cast an oaf turn two. And sometimes you just cast the blood moon on turn two and end the game. So, uh, 
Yeah, um, I think that's boring. I'm going to go ahead and out on a limb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going go on a limb. Still pretty mainstream, uh, but I think I'm going to go Dark Horse Eldrazi Tron. I think Eldrazi Tron takes down the event, and I'm convincing myself as I speak that I might play that deck. Um, I think uh, it's well positioned to fight Oko. Um, that card doesn't pigeonhole the deck as much. It also has a late game engine with Karn, and it also can shut down a lot of the format and having good interaction with Chalice of the Void. And it's proactive, which I like. Uh, and uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Drowsy yeah. Tron. I don't know. Like, you never know. I don't think it's going to be the most played deck, although this information from Columbus sways me a little bit because the... And from the MDG Goldfish breakdown, yeah, it's still being played quite a bit. And I think, you know, you forget about a deck a little bit, and it can kind of come out of nowhere. And I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to see it take down an event to kind of just shake things up a little bit. Um, yeah, that, I don't know that Eldrazi Tron would necessarily be a huge shake. You know, I think it's a, a definitely a deck on everybody's radar. And again, I think this huge insurgence of Green Titan Castle Garen Brig decks is kind of a function of Eldrazi Tron being one of the top decks right now. That deck just goes so far over the top of what the Tron decks are trying to do that I think it'd be pretty easy to pick up one or two match losses <laughs> just because you you realistically have no game against those decks. Um, even their Field of the Dead plan is great against you if they're not just running you over with a Titan early. So yeah. it, it's tough. It's tough for me to you know necessarily pick Eldrazi Tron as a great choice coming weekend seeing the popularity of some of these sulfide titan decks this past weekend and the variety of them there were you know three or four different looking lists that all showed up and maybe that's the next iteration of what's great against urza if you can figure out how to arboreal grazer and castle gear and bring your way to a fast enough primeval titan backed up with cavernous soul so um yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not 100 sure on on what the best choice is but i do know that Urza's has just been smashing it. Now, if we're talking about what deck do we think show up in the top thirty-two, that's a that's a harder question. Um, that's I mean, we're still talking about opinions here, and I got to give it to my local players. And my local players, they ain't playing no Urza, okay? So I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, if I expect the local players to do well, I when I say that, I don't know if I expect them to do well. I want them to do well. If that were to happen, I definitely don't think Urza decks are going to be all over the top 32, even if all the SCG grinders are, are going to be there. That's the thing about Modern, is if everybody's showing up with a couple of these decks and they're all really good players, well, inevitably those players play each other, or inevitably those players, because of variants, run into these off-the-wall strategies. They get knocked out early. You always have room for these element of surprise decks, or not even that, but just second, third, fourth most played decks. I went with like prediction uh, Eldrazi Tron winning the event, and I still think Urza will be the most played deck. But Knoxville, Knoxville players, they'd be out here. I'm I'm thinking top 32. If I had to predict, I'd say is closer to be maybe like a Death Shadow, like maybe Death Shadow um, might be the deck that doesn't take it down in my opinion and isn't the most played deck, but performance-wise, might convert the best. Something like that. I don't know, because um, 
Now that's all intuition. I have nothing to go by other than just my own personal take there. But I'd like to see the top 32 be filled with our own local players. And in doing so, I think uh, a lot of us play Eldrazi Tron. Uh, we got some we got some band decks up in here, but we also have a lot of uh, Death Shadow decks. A lot of people in Knoxville like to play Death Shadow. That's a, uh, a thing of note, I guess, for people outside of town. So, uh, spoiler alert there. But uh, yeah, I think I think this event, regardless of what either of us think, uh, or I guess real quick, what do you think? Do you agree with me? Do you think that Urza is just that good that top thirty two will be filled by it, or what do we think? Yeah, I mean, that? I think. After this coverage this weekend, I think most people will be pushed into playing some Urza. That's, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but yeah, there's yeah. some <laughs> there is some good to come out of this. You know, before we just talk about it being boring, the <laughs> best thing that might happen to modern in a long time is Urza dominating this last event and then it being the most played deck, the most copies in top thirty two, winning the event, and hopefully we can get Urza and Oko banned in modern. That would be crazy. If Oko gets banned, that. I would love to see... Like, you see, even right now, these Yawgmoth decks coming out of nowhere? Out of left field, right? These Yawgmoth combo decks. What if I, my creature... Creatures of old with Court of Calling, with Yawgmoth, with Collected Company will reign supreme. Uh, maybe got some little combo flares there. Uh, if, if Oko goes away, I don't know. Or... Eh, Maybe control gets really good at that point. I I have no idea, but that's a good talking point. I do think if Urza uh, trends this way and Oko trends this way, and I'm a little bit wrong on my Eldrazi Tron out of left field prediction a little bit, and Urza wins the event, uh, are we talking about evidence enough to say that uh, these cards should be banned? What do you What do you think? I think I've had a lot of talks with the local players and. Most of them have gravitated toward Pioneer and a lot more so Oko was banned. And I think just looking even at attendance numbers and just looking at people's desire to play a given format, if you want to get some people to play some modern right now, I think you've got to shake it up because Urza and Oko have been on top file now. And it'd be great to have a, a little bit of a change. And uh, yeah, Oko can live in vintage and kill people with Black Lotuses and the Oko people can just live in the uh, vintage world. So. It's, it's funny you say that uh, because I've kind of had a change of heart recently when I was playing Modern. Uh, so Pioneer is great. I absolutely love Pioneer. And it's unlike Modern, and it's unlike Standard um, to several degrees. But Modern for a while, um, when I was playing it quite a bit, it was getting to that point where I think a lot of people with Faithless Looting and... Uh, just very degenerate, very quick, very fast format, not enough time of interaction. And when I recently revisited it, despite Oko being so good, uh, it gave a moment to reflect on how similar in some ways it is to Legacy. There's a lot of interaction. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth. And the format is quite a bit slower than what it used to be, despite mana cost, uh, cheap mana cost cards still being very played. So... In my opinion, I have enjoyed Modern recently, but I don't think I share the same opinion as the players at large. And I do think Oko invalidates a lot of strategies such that we see the trends, we see the writing on the wall. I mean, it's it's got to go. Like, just of, of a perspective of 
prohibiting other strategies from kind of having any kind of establishment on the on the metagame because you know maybe you maybe you do come out of left field maybe a deck we haven't even mentioned today does well at knoxville maybe it comes out of nowhere that's great but you know if 40 percent of the field is still playing an oko deck or all said and done the amount of copies in the field oko is in 60 percent of deck lists we're talking about these kinds of numbers i think you do have to look at how potent it is and it's also um, when we talk about bannings and a uh, little little brief little brief discussion here before we get into future episodes, uh, I think there's a lot of conversation to be had here. But when we talk about bannings and how they've shifted recently, there is a factor of player happiness level. I think that actually plays a factor into how they choose to ban certain cards, and that player happiness level. Sh- level shows up in ways in the community and it shows up in players desire to keep coming back to the game paper or online and it's prohibitive to newer players wanting to just sit back and play their favorite deck and enjoy the game so at the the end of the day if the evidence keeps mounting i do think oko's time in modern is short and that's why i initially a month ago said that i thought i was wanting to play an oko deck and i think i still do uh so we'll see i I'm still unsure what I'm going to play at the end of the day. Uh, but regardless of all of this, um, it'll be really cool to see a, a big event in Knoxville again. And I'm excited to see what holds in the future for Knoxville events and Knoxville magic. Uh, paper magic is an interesting topic. I'd love to get in that in the next few episodes. Uh, but as we wrap up here, uh, I'm just... I'm, I'm happy that a large-scale event has come to, to Knoxville, and I really hope that a lot of our local players can perform well and maybe showcase themselves uh, in, in just a brief history of Knoxville. I guess we should talk about that at least briefly. We have had a lot of players go to the Pro Tour, and we've had a lot of players do really well on the GP circuit back in the day, and it's... Um, you know, we, we have a very rich history when it comes to magic. And I'm, I'm happy that events come to our city, even to this day, even in as paper magic might be dwindling and even as costs get higher for players and all of these different factors. It's just good to see um, people come out to local events and for paper, paper magic to, to thrive. And I do commend SEG for coming back to uh, my hometown. So it, I think the event will be really fun. Uh, do you have any final thoughts or uh, any shout-outs you want to give? Any more predictions? Anything you want to lead off the show with, Matt, before we go? Yeah, no, I'm just excited to have SCG back. Excited to see a bunch of the local players show up and play some competitive magic. And even if they don't end up playing the main event, there's still some awesome classics on Sunday. Pioneer. Yeah, there is yeah, a Pioneer, Pioneer Classic on Sunday. So, And I know our players love that. You know, We have 30 and 40 people showing up to play it on Friday nights at West Town Mall. So uh, inevitably, it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, either way, I'm just excited to be here. Awesome. Well, like I said, we're still figuring this out, and we believe it'll be on YouTube, and you can see our awesome faces and squeakers in the background uh, carrying the show for sure. And as well, I hope Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, I hope as many people can uh, enjoy the show as possible. Obviously, this show is very uh, SEG Knoxville driven, and I think we have a lot to bring to the table in terms of discussion um, and getting into some hot, 
hot, hot, hot fire topics that the community is uh, talking about, a lot of things that people aren't talking about, and even to an extent, um, things outside of magic to a degree that I think we both have interest in. Uh, and I think it's important to keep in context other games and uh, uh, in competition with magic and just getting a, a sense of of how uh, gaming uh, and even other uh, topics are in the world, I think we can bring a lot to the table there. Uh, this was a very information-heavy uh, podcast, uh, but I enjoyed it, and I think I'm excited to see where the Quantum Magic podcast goes in the future, and I hope you all enjoyed. Um, Matt, take it away. Hope you all had a, had a great podcast. That's Quantum Magic. <laughs> Hell yeah. Take care, guys.